Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Insiders Live Talking about the week, Ben. Uh, I am your host, Adam Weiner. But most importantly, here is MLB insider Robert Murray alongside me to talk about uh, the, the playoff races are calcifying. We've got teams surging, teams sinking. Things have even changed since the last time we talked to you on Monday. There's one team in particular that's in desperate danger, and we'll cover it. But of course, we are going to have to start where everyone expects us to start because a certain little bit of history got tied last night. Robert, how you doing, man? I am absolutely wonderful, especially now that I'm here with you, man. How are you doing? Good. And and I feel the same way. I felt that same way on Monday. I feel the same way now. I'm feeling comfortable, confident, calm, cool, collected, uh, ready oh. to fend off all of these beautiful comments. And we'll, we'll get to everybody, too. Uh, don't worry. Keep dropping your thoughts in the comment section. The Baseball Insiders will be live twice a week. Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern time. Um, and obviously, as the offseason crests, we're going to have plenty of good information to disseminate. And we had a big one. Uh, I mean, look, Robert, we're one pod down. Uh, we This is only our second time doing the pod together, and we already got one uh, supposed aggregation piece uh, talking about Trey Turner and Aaron Judge last week. Yeah, that was big for the program. Zach Best, shouting that out to uh, somebody or to a big group of us in a Slack channel today. Uh, shout out to Zach, by the way. Wonderful leader, uh, mm-hmm. fan-sided. But yeah, we're uh, we're kicking some butt already, Adam. Gotta love it. But by the way, the uh, the Giants, like as I was mentioning in that last episode, um, I do think, like I said, I would be surprised if they don't sign one of those players. Um, like I still believe that, obviously. Um, but like, I, I definitely think they're going to be shopping in the more expensive aisle this offseason. That's that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, it's like that's one of those where I want to hear it from you because I already agree. And I like want that confirmation bias of like, I assume the Giants are going to go big instead of going home again. But let me just uh, and Robert's saying the same thing. So it looks like I uh, yeah, it makes me feel more plugged in. It's like, oh, I get it. I, you know, I did. I pieced uh, the logic puzzle together. Um, well, 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 my dude, uh, it looks like Aaron judge did the impossible and hit his 61st home run. He did it after the Yankees clinched, uh, in Toronto, they clinched the AL East in the second game of that series. And then lo and behold, Anthony Rizzo is the acting manager for the third game. And Aaron judge goes bridge in the seventh inning. Uh, and it was caught by no one. So we don't even have to have that conversation. 
It went off the wall. Um, a man named. Uh, do Do you know the name of the man who almost caught the ball yet? By the way, my brain. I do not name? know, but that guy's reaction was ridiculous, man. Yeah, he, he threw his glove and hit somebody in the face. He threw his glove. He hit somebody in the face, and his name is Frankie Lasagna. No, stop it! Like, as in, like the the pasta dish. Spelled exactly the same way as the pasta dish. He owns a restaurant. That is his job. Uh, he sounds like a character from Ratatouille, but he is, in fact, the man who didn't catch the judge home run yesterday. And he's a 37-year-old Canadian restaurateur named Frankie Lasagna. That, I mean, he's got to have a lasagna dish on the menu, right? I mean, that's, that's like, it's teed up for him. I think it's all, I think the menu's all lasagna. I think it's just different varieties, breakfast, lunch, a dessert. Dessert, a chocolate dessert lasagna with like a crepe in there. I think you got to lean all the way in. I mean, I'm all over it. I, I'll tell you, like, I am a lasagna fanatic, especially the corner pieces where everything gets all crispy. <laughs> oh, baby. It's, oh, I could end up eating my body weight in that, for being honest. I don't think I would have pegged you for a corner guy. I think knowing you, I would have said you would go for the dead center, like the the largest, most unencumbered by crust piece of lasagna. You know, I mean, that's fair. Any lasagna is good lasagna, but the superior lasagna is the corner pieces. I mean, if you end up trying to get those, if we're eating lasagna together, Adam, and you're trying to get the corner piece for me, that we might be fighting to the death. So just be uh, We're not. Yeah, I mean, I, I defer to you. I try to defer to you on the pot. I defer to you on lasagna pieces if we're ever sharing a delicious pasta meal. Also, my <laughs> apologies to the Greeks. Uh, I said some sort of dessert lasagna. I feel like that's baklava. And so Greek folks, I apologize. That's already been invented. Um, and I hope this is the only episode of this podcast where I ever have to apologize to the Greeks in general. But all that aside, uh, 61 <laughs> bombs for Judge. Uh, it's not the MLB record. That is, of course, Barry Bonds is 73. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter have helpfully reminded us that uh, why are we celebrating Aaron Judge? You know, it's only the seventh most home runs of all time. And believe you folks, I, I hear you. I, I know where you're coming from. The, the steroid era numbers certainly exist. They're out there. They're in the record books. Um, Roger Maris Jr., of course, fed this controversy a little bit on Wednesday night. They Roger Maris Jr. got his own press conference. They asked him who the legitimate home run king was, and he said, you know, if, if Judge gets 62, it's Judge. Right now it's, you know, me, my dad, and, and also Judge are sharing it. I think, you know, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, those are all illegitimate. I don't know what you expected out of Roger Maris Jr. It doesn't really shock me that that's the way he feels about the official home run record. But, uh, Robert, uh, where do you stand? Obviously, Judge hasn't even passed 61 yet. He's still there. But who do you feel is the legitimate home run king? Is it If Judge gets 62, is it him? Or are the steroid numbers still the ones that are going to hold up and stand the test of time? So, I have a this is going to be a controversial take, and this is probably going to result in some pretty strong opinions here, but I think the home run King is still Barry Bonds. Um, that to me is a guy who I know he's got all these steroid allegations and like accusations and everything like that. But I still think, what is he at 70 or seven sixty three? Is he at or seven sixty five? What's he at? I think it's um, I'm going to look it up. Seven sixty two. But anyways, I'll keep going. I still think he is the the home run king. Um, and it also goes back to what we were saying the other day about potential judge suitors. Um, and the Giants make a whole lot of sense. He, like, he would be their best power hitter since Bonds. 
Um, and I'll, there's also another little thing about Judge that I want to get into a little bit. But for me, the home run king is Barry Bonds. This is probably going to end up um, getting me blasted on Twitter, even in the comments. So I'm fully prepared for that. But Adam, what do you think? Where do you stand on this? This is controversial because I think people are expecting me to say that if Judge does 62, I'll, you know, it, it should stand the test of time. And I think it's objectively special. And I think anyone saying, like, don't celebrate Aaron Judge's chase for 62, like, this is history. And I think you're not being truthful if you're saying, like, this isn't important. I don't know, you know, minimizing it by saying, you know, the seventh most isn't much. It's it's still impressive. Um, that said, Barry Bonds 73 is is the official mark. I mean, that's that's the home run king. I understand Roger Maris Jr. doesn't think that way. Um, you know, Barry Bonds wasn't his dad. His father was, in he fact. Wasn't? No, I mean, and this is crazy. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, Barry Bonds is not Roger Maris Jr.'s father. Uh, I think Maris Jr. is older <laughs> significantly. But I think you might be right. Yeah, you you put Maris Jr. in a press conference, you put him behind a table, and you ask him who the legit home run king is. I know exactly what he's going to say. That said, Barry Bonds did things no human has ever done, and he did it during an era where a bunch of pitchers were on steroids. That classic Barry Bonds, Eric Gagne at bat that always sort of circulates on Twitter. It's an amazing clip and everybody should watch it. But Eric Gagne, man, he got popped for steroids. So what are we doing? Like it's the ultimate pitcher, pitcher hitter, you know, chess match, cat and mouse game. And it's an unbelievable encapsulation of what baseball was like from 98 to 04, 05. Um, But you had a whole mess of people all messing around with the same thing. It also should be noted that Roger Maris's, 61 homers came with an asterisk in the official record book because he did it in over 154 games. So at the time, people back then were saying, well, he's no Babe Ruth. People are now are saying, oh, just no bonds. I mean, it's the never-ending cycle of baseball. People are always going to find something to nitpick. Uh, Judge, if he crosses the 61, I mean, you saw how special that was last night, him even tying the record, the AL record. Uh, It's important. It matters. It's a number that resonates in baseball history. But bonds is bonds, and 73 is 73. Yep, I'm in total agreement with you there. And I'm also very curious to see, because I still think he's going to get 62. I think Judge is going to get it. It's a matter of when, not if, to me. Um, and when he eventually does that, wherever he hits it, I'm very curious to see what the fan reaction is going to be like. Um, because like we got to see how fired up it was in Toronto. Let's say this happens in New York. He hits one into the left field bleachers. What is that atmosphere going to be like trying to go for that ball? Is there... It's, uh, sorry, uh, but no, sorry, random, random text from somebody I didn't expect a text from, um, mm. but, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm very curious to see what, what it's like, but like for me, I'm, I'm totally on board with him getting 62. I think it's going to happen. I am glad that he's going to have three more chances to break 61 in New York. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to see 61 get equaled. And so beggars can't be choosers. And when he's going to Toronto, like it would be disingenuous and ridiculous to be like, really hope he doesn't home run any of these three games either. No, I, I definitely want to see the number get hit. The more mm-hmm. that can be done at home, the better. He's got the 60 homer moment at home. That was massive. Uh, came late in the game, kickstarted the Yankees comeback, right? Every fan in the building remembers where they were for that. But the Toronto series yeah strange vibes first two games of that series somebody bought out a whole section in left center trying to get the home run ball twitter rumors are claiming it was zach campbell i think that was a joke but i also tell for sure there was definitely an empty patch in left field 
where somebody was betting the ball would go there. And then luckily didn't hit it, didn't hit it. And then finally got it in the third contest. And it went right into the bullpen past uh, our man, Frankie Lasagna. So really best case scenario for that ball. And now the focus returns home and we try to kick off some bedlam in the Bronx. No, and I'll like, by like going back to what you said before, um, like buying out that section, I totally believe that is something that Zach Hample would do. For sure. Um, and can you imagine the Twitter reaction if he actually did that, by the way? Holy cow. Twitter would melt. That would just be, that'd be no bueno. But no. yeah, man, that's, uh, I love this. And you want to know something about Judge in this entire thing that I think is really weird is mm-hmm. obviously like the 61 home runs, that is getting the attention it deserves. But he's doing this while being like a legitimate candidate for the Triple Crown. Like that, to me, should be talked about a whole lot more than it actually is. Um, and that it's flying under the radar is pretty pretty bizarre to me. Like, do you think he's actually going to get it? Like, a, do you think he's actually going to do this? Or do you think he's got a legitimate chance or no? He has a legitimate chance. I don't think yeah. he's going to get it just because you look at the names he's up there with in the average chase. And it's like, how does Aaron judge possibly contend with Luis arise? That guy is built Fair. to win a batting title. Like singles, left, right, center. Like nobody is more equipped to enter a week of meaningless baseball and just go 11 for 21 with nine singles than Luis Arise. So if I actually look at the leaderboard and judge is ahead of him at the end of the year, I I think I'll be surprised. There's no more pressure on judge's shoulders, though. 62. Okay. I mean, yes, there is. 62. Yeah. I was just about to say. Yeah. But getting at least the 61 out of the way, like, People have been saying for a couple of days now, like once he gets one, it'll break the ice a little bit. And he was, he still had a 500 plus OBP during this homerless stretch. It's not like he wasn't locked in, but it certainly changed the trajectory of his season a little bit. He was looking at a different goal. He was no longer, you know, winning wasn't enough. He, they swept a home series against the Red Sox and people were still like, well, that sucked. I paid to see Aaron judge hit 61 home runs. What the hell was that? It's like, well, you know, they won four close games in the late innings where pitchers were pitching around a key component of the lineup. That's still tough. Uh, so I think you'll see a more relaxed judge coming home. They oh. did have that press conference. They got some of the history out of the way. And now it's time for him to be the baseball player he's been all year long. That said, I think he holds off Jose Ramirez in the RBI chase. He's going to win the home run title by 20 but i think he gets nudged out slightly in the average race what do you think as we come down the stretch here yeah because like the next closest in home runs is what kyle schwarber is that right it's schwarber was like 20 back i'm gonna pull up the official standings right now because uh jose ramirez was edging a little closer in the rbi department it was like he was 15 back he was 11 back it was getting a little bit dicey yeah and uh, like jose ramirez Great season. I'm glad you mentioned Luis Arise. How, like, to me, and I could be, I could be wrong on this. Is he like super underrated around like national on the national scene here? I feel like yeah. people aren't appreciating what he's been doing this year for the Twins. Like, he's been, I mean, he's been brilliant. Um, and he's like, to me, I like, I was, uh, I was having a baseball discussion with a big group of people the other day, and I mentioned Luis Arise. Um, and I would probably say about 75% of them were like, who? 
Yeah. Um, it was just like really kind of eye opening to me and made me wonder if he was pretty underrated. So, yeah. yeah, I think he's barely on the radar, or at least not as much as he should be for an all star for somebody who he does what everybody claims they want to see more of in Major League Baseball. It's like more singles, more doubles, more like hitting against the shift. Then Luis Arise does it. And people are like, eh, not in Minnesota, though. Still not paying attention. It's like pick your battle. Like he's a perfect baseball player. Right. I'll tell you, by the way, the Twins, like they're fun. I mean, they got some fun players on that team. I, I wish Byron Buxton was able to stay healthy throughout 162 game season. And it was in the IL now. Uh, but you got him and Arise, and you got, I mean, obviously Carlos Correa. That's a very fun squad. I'm going away from our, our original Aaron Judge topic here, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's I had to give the Twins some love, especially because I think Aaron Summers in the chat here, um, our, another fan-sided guy, is a big Twins fan. At least I think so. If I'm wrong on that, Aaron, I apologize. <laughs> we'll still give him some love, and Carlos Correa, I guess, how long is he going to be there? We'll, we'll talk about that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's do, do, do we want to do a contract prediction for Judge at this point? Leandro Espinal in the comments is asking, you know, what else could the Yankees, it's a two-parter, what else could the Yankees do if they re-sign him to a mega contract? And what do we actually think he's going to get? I, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, especially the first part, because he rejected eight years, 230 with the arbitration year, preseason um no. should be banned he's he definitely bet on himself he did not want to answer that question last night he was very evasive did the smirky smile um maybe didn't want to get banned from baseball like pete rose for betting on himself but he clearly did um he's gonna exceed eight years 230 at this point i think we all sort of Boy. agree but he is he's 30 years old the crazy part of the judge deal is that everybody knows the back end is not going to look good but someone's going to give him a boatload of money. The Yankees may have to do it for branding purposes. And just ex- whoever gives him the contract is going to have to accept that the later years are not so nice. So what do you think we're actually looking at at this point? I would be stunned if he does not get over $300 million. I don't know exactly how much over $300 million he's going to get, but that number is going to start with a three. I am very confident in that based on my conversations with people around the game. And this is going to bring me into what I was hinting at at the start of the show is obviously the Giants are going to end up being linked to him quite a bit. But another team that could make a whole lot of sense is the Mets. And I know I believe Jeff Passan ended up mentioning this scenario on Twitter a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And let's just say the Mets lose Jacob deGrom. Because like, I think that that contract for deGrom is going to be short-term. Could be around like... It's going to be more than Scherzer, I think, per year. Um, 
let's say they go a cheaper option in Justin Verlander, like I mentioned before, they're going to still have some money available. Um, and you know, Steve Cohen likes to swing, swing big going for Verlander and then using some of that money saved from losing to Grom and then a lot more, obviously, and signing Aaron Judge. That would be the Yankees' worst nightmare is getting the, the Mets involved. And that's going to bring that price even higher, over $300 million. Um, It is going to be f- totally fascinating once or if Judge reaches free agency, which at this point I firmly believe uh, he will. And i got to give him a whole lot of credit, by the way. Him turning down that extension offer before the season, I thought he made a mistake. Um, I've always been a believer in Judge as a talent, as a player, but I thought turning down, what was it, $230 million guaranteed um, was too big of a risk. And he came out on top, like major props to him. He could end up getting well, uh, well over $100 million more than $230 million, um, which if you would have told me that before the season, I would have been like, no way. But here we are now, and this is reality. Yeah, I thought before the season that it was clear that he wanted $300 million, but that that sort of felt like an impossible ask. Not because of the fact that he, like he's obviously an incredible player and has all the talent in the world, and his injuries were by and large freak things. It, it was like a hit-by-pitch on the wrist, a diving catch attempt in right field where he, I think, shattered a rib and then eventually punctured a lung, but there's another medical term for it that I, I'm no doctor, folks. I'm just a baseball fan. But he's his injuries were... Right. Yeah. I his press conference about Mac Jones, but yeah, you sound like him. Yeah, exactly. Me and Bill Belichick actually went to medical school together. We're the same age. No one would know it. Um, but yeah, Judge, like the injuries were all sort of freakish and everybody knows his body's going to break down at some point because he's built like a tight end. But 300 felt like a stretch, felt like a, a lofty goal. And it felt like the Yankees were not. To, I felt like I was in the mud just sort of. I don't want to defend Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees. But at the same time, like they tried to get him to an extension that was maybe slightly below market, but not egregiously below market. It was yeah. in the range. He could have accepted it if he really wanted to, but he wanted to test free agency in the open market. Now he's going to get a chance to coming off of the best modern season in baseball history. So extremely smart. It's going to cost the Yankees now if they want to do it. And the Mets thing has always made sense because people keep saying, you know, Judge will be leaving so much advertising revenue and money on the table if he leaves New York and goes to San Francisco. Well, what if he leaves the Yankees and doesn't leave New York? And the Mets sort of were floating balloons before the season that were like indicating they were just going to rule it out. Like, well, there's no need. We don't want to cross that line. We don't need to get into a Judge pursuit or whatever. And those rumors always felt unfounded, too, because Steve Cohen is the most competitive man. Of course he wants to win. He's a Mets fan with endless pockets who has a tax named after him. Like, you're telling me he's not going to get involved in the Aaron Judge chase if he has money to burn, and especially if DeGrom's contract is off the books? Of course he is. I don't know if he's going to end up with the Mets, but I do know that Judge is going to have an offer from the Mets at some point that he's going to bring back to the Yankees and say, you guys see this? Yep. I'll tell you, that's you're dead on. And as soon as that happens, that or that contract he's going to get from the Yankees is going to go up, and that's exactly what he wants. As soon as the Mets get into this, Judge is in the driver's seat. He's already in the driver's seat, but like you get him an offer from the Mets, he'll be driving a bus. That's he'll be in that good of shape. So 
Um, I'm like, I'll tell you of all the free agents that I've gotten or that I've gotten to cover, like during the off season, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most because this is going to be completely fascinating. My guess now he stays with the Yankees. Um, that's, that's where I'm thinking right now. And it also, I see a question there from, from Aaron who says he's not a twins fan. So sorry, Aaron. Um, but he says who ends up more upset Yankees fans when judge leaves or Sox fans when Bogarts leaves to me, the answer to this, and maybe Adam will disagree Yankees fans. And I don't even think it's close. Um, cause the Sox, they, I mean, they have Trevor story that they can move over to Bogarts' position. So it's going to ease the blow if he leaves. Um, but the judge, if judge leaves the Yankees, who do they replace him with? Um, I was about to use some very strong language by that. I remember we're live, um, <laughs> but they, they, uh, they would obviously find a way to replace his or try to replace his production. It would require multiple players rather than just one singular player. Um, but that would be a nightmare situation for the Yankees. And to me, they can't, they can't let him go. Um, and I think when he eventually gets a deal, it's going to reflect that from New York. So we'll see. But what do you think, Adam? And I think they know that too. Like people get on Hal Steinbrenner for not spending time the way he could, but he knew he couldn't leave the Garrett Cole offseason without signing Garrett Cole. He knows mm-hmm. he can't leave this offseason without inking Aaron's long term. He knows it's going to cost more than he wanted it to. It might. The question earlier alluded to the fact, like, what else can they do if they sign Judge to this crazy contract? I'm not sure they're going to do that much. They believe in their farm system. They've got. Oswald Peraza up with the team right now. Oswaldo Cabrera up with the team right now. Anthony Volpe, Jason Dominguez just behind, hit homers from both sides of the plate to clinch the double A championship last night uh, in a 15 nothing no hitter thrown by top pitching prospect Randy Vasquez. About as emphatic a championship clinch as you can get. So there's talent in the system, but they can't lose Aaron Judge. I think they know that. Uh, yep. I'll leave Judge in a second, but I do want to ask because I've sort of gone back and forth on this myself. Do you think that with every piece of history and every home run and all of these, you know, Roger Maris parallels and post-game press conferences, do you think this makes it more or less likely that he resigns? Like people will argue that every milestone Homer raises the cost, but also every, you know, Homer weaves him deeper into the fabric of Yankees history, makes it tougher to let him go. No, it does. And it's a good question. I honestly don't, I still, yeah, I don't know how much of an impact it's going to have. That's a good question. It made me think for a second, but like, <laughs> I, I still think there's a, a better, like the odds are in the favor of judge returning. Um, this is going to make it more expensive of course, but I think the Yankees can go to that level if that number continues to increase, but we'll see free agency. Brings weird things, Adam. Uh, we got to see that last year with Freddie Freeman. So, I mean, who knows if it happens again, but I don't think so. Yeah, and if Judge does leave, uh, beware of any statements from Doug Gottlieb about how he feels about leaving New York. Do not tweet those <laughs> before you vet him. I mean, you don't want to... I'm not getting sued again, folks. No, I'm just kidding. I've never been sued, but I, I don't want this to be the first time. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, let's... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll no comment that, so I'm, I'm in the clear. So there we go. I'm also not making a comment. I'm just stating uh, things that have happened uh, when they've happened, uh, what exactly has happened. So uh, lips are sealed on to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Bert, I know you wanted to talk about this. 
Uh, I don't know if you're following right now, live update uh, from Chicago, from the friendly, not so friendly confines of Wrigley Field. The Phillies are once again losing 2 nothing. Uh, Gene Segura got caught stealing, wandering off a base earlier, moving towards second base on what he thought was ball four. It wasn't. If the Chicago Cubs win this game, that will be a three-game sweep of the Phillies. They are currently, before this game even concludes, their lead on that final wildcard spot is down to a half game over the Brewers. I will caution that the Phillies own the tiebreaker over Milwaukee. So if they finish the season tied, the Phillies still do move on to the bracket. So really, it's like a game and a half lead. But that, that still is not much, folks. The Philadelphia Phillies appear to be in the middle of a postseason collapse, this is another bloated payroll team. It's another Dave Dombrowski team. There's more of a farm system here than there usually is, but this would sting significantly. So uh, how are you feeling about the Phillies right now, and, and how would you handicap their chances moving forward? Yeah, they are they're a mess, Adam. Um, and I think a tweet from Matt Gelb earlier today, uh, summed it up perfectly well after the Gene Segura um, debacle, I'll call that, because that's exactly what that was, is is there a way to end the season now? Um, because <laughs> it's everything seems to be going wrong. And I was diving into the numbers last night um, as I was preparing for the show, and I looked. The Phillies in OPS, they're ranked like number six. But in terms of runs, they're ranked like number 26. Their pitching ERA is 26th as well for this past month. Like things are just not going well at all. Aaron Nola continues to struggle in September as well. It is, it's a very, very, very tough spot for the Phillies right now. They have the talent to overcome this, of course. Like, And if they don't, it places a whole lot of pressure on Dave Dombrowski because he invested – what was it? 80 million into Kyle Schwarber and hundred million into Nick Castellanos, obviously all this money into Bryce Harper um, and to other players in the roster too. And it also makes their decision to retain uh, Rob Thompson a little bit more difficult as well. If they miss, I still think Thompson deserves a full year at the helm. Um, I think he's done a good job considering the circumstances, um, but them collapsing from the lead that they had would be pretty, pretty inexcusable. Um, and a potential sweep to the Cubs. And that would just be, it's not rock bottom because that wouldn't rule them out from missing the postseason, but like that would, it's pretty close to rock bottom, Adam. Um, so Arrow is definitely pointing down on the Phillies right now. Yeah. And I just, I never want to hear about, you know, the strength of schedule down the stretch ever again. And I know if I'm a team like the Phillies or I'm a team like the Mets with a history of September collapse, just get get that narrative out of my ear hole. Like, I'm trying to focus on winning baseball games. I'm trying to feel like my team right now is different. I, I don't know what your confidence level is as a Phillies or Mets fan, but you want to feel as if this is going to end differently than it has in the past. And what you definitely don't want to hear is, well, these games are easy, so you'll win these. I mean, the the haters will look at the schedule and say, well, of course, you know, the Mets will cakewalk game play. As I got the Nats 12 times in September or whatever. People look at the Philly schedule and say the same thing. They're in Chicago. They can't hit at all. And, and this is a team based around offense. The whole the, the whole the whole car is made out of the offense. Like the old Jerry Seinfeld joke about the plane being made out of the black box. Like they're supposed to hit. They're not supposed to field. Nick Castellanos has a 98 OPS plus on the season. That's not going to cut it. Or is hitting homers. But but if the 
you know, suddenly this is the biggest series of the year because it determines their postseason fate and they're not making anything happen offensively. So it's really hard. You and I talked about this being a vibes podcast on Monday. It's really hard to feel like there's enough time left on the calendar to get the vibes straightened out here. If you're not going to hit at Wrigley Field, where are you going to hit? Nowhere. <laughs> That's the answer. I'll tell you, man, it is. There's no vibes with the Phillies right now. They got they got bad juju surrounding that team right now. That's exactly how I'd put it. Um, and that offense not performing or not producing runs. Like another name that I forgot in this too, they got JT Romuto behind a plate. Like they gave him that big money contract too. Like that offense is filled with big names like Reese Hoskins as well um, and big contracts. And yeah, they're not producing runs. It's just bad and you want to like another part of this too is they thought the offense was going to be much better this year especially late in the year with the hiring of kevin long uh kevin long has done masterful work uh with hitters when he was back in washington yeah he got to see the results with kyle schwarber and that was a big reason why schwarber ended up going to philadelphia is to reunite with long um but it's just it's they're a mess right now um and they're on the verge of missing the postseason. So, well, I guess we'll we'll have to see, but very disappointing all around. The Brewers are also executing a long homestand at the exact time when the Phillies are bouncing around the country, uh, bringing their unique brand of uh, swing and miss ball on a road show. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to feel optimistic about them. You, you got Milwaukee at home against Miami tonight. Miami fresh off a, a stint at City Field where they helped the Mets along uh, last night, getting walked off, blowing a late lead, giving up five RBI off the bat of Eduardo Escobar. And now they head to Milwaukee to further make the Phillies uh, uh, September and, and early October in a sort of a nightmare scenario. Let's talk positive, though, because the other team in that potential 3-6 battle right now in the playoff bracket they clinched the central to St. Louis Cardinals. They're locked in. They are where they are. Uh, they're not, <laughs> spoiler alert, they're not tracking down the Dodgers. Uh, and uh, they're they're also not going to get the uh, NL East champion, whether it be the Mets or Braves. I don't think. Um, I'm pretty sure they've already clinched not doing that. But they're having one hell of a second half. Uh, and you wanted to talk more about their surge and their legitimacy as contenders. Uh, and, and I do think it's probably worth noting that you you reached out specifically to say you want to talk about whether or not the Cardinals are World Series threats. I sort of subtly winked at that and said, yeah, good good conversation topic. Also, unrelated, I bet money on them to win the World Series last night at plus 1,700. Uh, how are you feeling about the St. Louis Cardinals' legitimate shot at creating more history this year? First off, I'd say great bet. Um, that is a, that's, if, I, if I could take a flyer to represent the National League in the World Series, it's the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have pieces all around that roster that make their World Series case strong. Look at the offense. You got Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, who's likely going to be the MVP of the National League. You have, I know Tyler O'Neill struggled, but you have Dylan Carlson. You have um, a lot of different guys on offense. Uh, you, I mean, how could I not mention Albert Pujols, by the way, who's mm-hmm. had a great year. Um, you look at their pitching staff, the two midseason acquisitions, Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. I would argue that Quintana is the most underrated deadline pickup from this past trade deadline. He has been 
Awesome. And he's got something that I thought of this immediately. When I covered the Brewers for the Athletic and they played the Cubs, the Cubs specifically lined up Jose Quintana to face the Brewers because the Brewers could not hit Quintana. And I think that was part of their thinking in this. But he's also a veteran presence who knows how to pitch in big games, and he's done exactly that. It's been a stabilizing force, and he's made that rotation like a very strong unit. And then you like figure he pitches six innings into the game, you hand it off to the bullpen, have a lead in the ninth inning, you give it to Ryan Helsley, who throws like 102 miles an hour, like pretty religiously. Like they got themselves, they got they got a good feel about them. They're a fun team playing loose, by the way. Uh, Ali Marmol, he inherited a team that had very high expectations, and rightfully so with that payroll that they have. Um, and also the pressure of replacing Mike Schilt, who was a very good manager, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done an admirable job. And I'll tell you, if I was the Dodgers, if I was the Mets, if I was the Braves, I would not want to face the Cardinals because we know about this Cardinals devil magic. It's a legit thing. And they're in a position to do it once again. So good bet, Adam. As long story short, good bet. Feels good. I, it doesn't take, you're right, doesn't, you don't really have to go crazy crunching the numbers to make a case, right? I'm not sitting here looking you in the eyes and being like, let me give you the underrated case for the San Diego Padres to make a World Series run. Like, I'm not talking about an 88 win team making the leap. I'm talking about a Cardinals team that basically checks every box, right? Paul Goldschmidt's probably going to win the MVP. But he's not the only MVP candidate they have. Nolan Arenado is going to be right in that conversation. He's not going to win it. But two MVP candidates is a good number to have. Veteran moxie and youth. There's youth all over the diamond. But there's also Goldschmidt, Pujols, Arenado. These guys have been around the block. Adam Wainwright, Yadi Molina. Everybody knows about these guys maybe shaking hands and going out together. But they have both. They have a good combination of both things. They do. And like... I, won't, I cannot believe I forgot to mention him, but he is the un, unsung hero of this Cardinals team, Tommy Edmond. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play second base. He can play shortstop. And you have Edmond, who's a gold glover at second. You have Goldschmidt, who's a gold glover at first. Then you have Arnauto, who's a gold glover at third base. You have outfielders who can play good defense, too. They're a very good defensive team. And you know how important defense is in the postseason, too. Like, I don't know, man. I can't believe they're not getting more like postseason hype because like that's a team that – Damn, they, they're scary, man. I, I cut you off. I feel like it was for a good reason, but continue. It was. Yeah, it was. And if it, yeah, if it wasn't for a good reason, I would tell you. Uh, I would start a mid-pod fight about why it was a bad reason to cut me off. No, you, 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 nailed, you nailed all the points. The only thing I'm going to add is, is a combination of, of what you just said at the end there, that people aren't really giving them the credit. It's, it's because of the guys like Tommy Edmond that they're going to succeed in October – And I think America, it's been a couple of years. Like, they've had a few years off from the St. Louis Cardinals. You mentioned the devil magic. Like, that's most often attributed to, like, Matt Carpenter, Matt Adams, Daniel Descalso. Yeah, these, like, these 270, 280 hitting, plucky, scrappy, annoying dude, Tommy Pham. Like, pulling these guys who sort of feel like they'd be career minor leaguers anywhere else. But in St. Louis, they perform. I just think a lot of America maybe isn't watching. Like, as FYI to the rest of the country, as soon as you watch the playoffs, you're going to learn about a, a large number of Cardinals who are 
exactly built in that mold. Like, when are the Cardinals at their most annoying? When they have four to five anonymous bench players, lineup rotators who could just rake Brendan Donovan, 125 OPS plus, Juan Yepes, 121, Lars Newtbar, not just a funny name, 130 OPS plus, Corey Dickerson. Lars Newtbar, the man. I love him. I love him. Corey Dickerson's at 97. He's basically an you know an average contributor off the bench. They have depth. They have stars. They have defensive versatility. And and Lars Newtbar, I can talk about all day, but like. I, the names I just listed off, I guarantee nobody's writing about Brendan Donovan in their playoff preview. 125 OPS plus, the dude hits. He does. And I'll tell you, like, so this is a really random little note about Lars Newtbar, but he is the most unfortunate autocorrect that I've ever had texting a baseball executive. Um, it autocorrected from Newtbar to Tootbar. Um, and now, like, whatever, like, we just call him Tootbar at this point. But anyways... Um, the thing with that is Toot Bar's not a word. So it's weird that, like, I would be like, you, you must not have meant Newt Bar. You meant this other word, Toot Bar. <laughs> I'll tell you. That, uh, I do some weird things. That's got to be the, one of the weirdest things I've ever done in, in baseball. Like, I mean, it's not even my fault, but, like, goodness me. But, yeah, we're uh, we're riding the same yeah, – Kurt mentioned with the emoji of the day. Yeah, there it goes. A whole bar. For, but, it's like an oxygen bar, but for, uh, you know – Toots. Flatulence, yeah. Boy, a lot a lot of toot talk on this podcast today. I gotta like it. Yeah, that's not enough. Yeah. Roger Maris Jr. Lasagna, Roger Maris Jr. is kind of an old fart and now toot conversation. <laughs> Boy, yeah. Please subscribe to the baseball insiders for more insight like that. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, we're not gonna be doing this on uh, on Monday, I guarantee you. This is the this is the final fart baseball insiders pod. I promise you that. Remember when I had a I, I opened my first episode with a dead serious monologue. And I was like, I'm going to give it my best every time out there. I can't wait to have these conversations. Episode two, literally, it's like fart humor. <laughs> episode two. Yeah, Whatever. I'll tell you, my life motto is let's get weird. And this podcast is the epitome of that. So, yeah, let, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Uh, I, a dog just walked into this room. A dog? A dog. And you not have a dog? all the doors are closed. There's a dog in the house, but I don't know why he's here. It's been lovely seeing him. Let's move on. I, I do want to talk. Let's get weird. I mean, legitimately, he wandered in here. All the doors are closed. I have no idea how he got here. Ceiling vent? No clue. I, mean, I never know. Maybe your dog is secretly Spider-Man or something. <laughs> that was Murphy, everybody. He's an amazing guy. Um, I, I do want to ask you, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because... I this is the first time we've ever had this playoff format, um, yeah. and I think MLB is probably going to dive deeper in here and 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 keep it, and dig in and keep it up for quite a while. But this is the first time in baseball we have ever had the NFL conversation of rest versus rust. Right? You want to stay hot entering the postseason, but there's never been an added element of basically having a playoff buy. The the teams who are not in the one game wild card battle have faced this before they've been able to reset their rotation that's the obvious advantage and also you don't just have this one and done that's terrifying on your schedule but now you have teams the top two in each league whoever wins the nl east uh the los angeles dodgers the yankees and the astros who are just going to be sitting at home while uh a bunch of teams duke it out in best of threes which is a better opportunity to build momentum than just a one and done do you 
think there is an element where the Yankees and Dodgers and Astros should be a little fearful of having all this time off. Or do you think it's just a benefit? Like it's just a big exhale at the end of the season. You know, I'm not, I, I, I think rust is good on the surface or not, not rust, but rest is good on the surface. Um, like it can get your players rested. It can get them recharged, get the energies or the energy just popping again, but too much time off to me, that's a scary thing. Um, Cause if you get another team rolling into your, that has been playing through the early rounds of the postseason, um, and you're off for what, a few days for or a week or even something like that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that could like line you up for a couple of early, like first game or two, like, of being upset. Like, I don't know. I'm not much of uh I, I can see the benefit to both, but like, it kind of scares me. How about you? It scares me a lot. I, I think that the, the Yankees in particular, all they've done has been get hot and get right in September. I don't think they have any interest in taking an additional week off after the playoffs start before they have to play a good complete team it's it's going to be the blue jays or rays or guardians or mariners and and the mariners are are cold and we talked about that last time but those other teams all have uh you know rosters that are built to compete in october everybody picked the jays to win the division for a reason rays won 100 games last year guardians are the youngest team in baseball they're getting hotter by the minute and often we've watched the 88 win wildcard team go on a playoff run because they got to build up that momentum in the DS, face a better team in the CS, and be rolling the, the Rocktober Rockies, right? Why are they in the World Series? It's because they had to fight to the end of Game 162 in 2007 and then parlay that momentum into knocking off a couple teams that probably were better than them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals-Tigers World Series, when they beat the Mets in 7 and 06 and then that like 83 win Cardinals team won the World Series it's because they went on the road faced a real challenge and parlayed that momentum it's a real thing say what you will um i don't think the resting teams are doomed i think they are 97 9800 win teams for a reason the dodgers are setting a franchise wins record like they should still feel good about themselves but it's a real worry it is, and it's a, a very real worry. And let's say the team that comes out of the wild card, this, I mean, they're they're not even in the postseason thing right now, or they're not. They're if the season ended today, they wouldn't be in the postseason. But the Brewers mm-hmm. and their offense—it's not what scares me. It's their pitching staff. Um, wild card round obviously will have Burns go, but like figure you'll have Burns, you'll have Brandon Woodruff, who's pitching absolutely. He's, he's dominant right now. You have Freddie Peralta. Adrian Hauser just got hurt for them, so that's a bit of a blow. But those top three starters, that is their recipe for winning. They are pitching and run prevention unit. If you ask them what their formula is, it's that. Um, and I would not want to face them in a winner-take-all kind of setting because that would be terrifying. And let's say they do come out of that. You're getting a really good pitching staff coming at you, and they would be rolling. So, I, I, I like the Brewers to me, they're not like a World Series threat, but like they are a team that could easily pull off an upset in the postseason. So, that's something I don't know. That's just a random little Brewers thought for your Thursday afternoon. Yeah. I, I think that any team with 
a one, two, three of potential postseason aces could easily heat up at the right time and get this done and catch a team like the Dodgers off guard a little bit. I think it's good for the Mets or Braves, whoever wins that division. Like they are gonna they're gonna want the rest, and they're also gonna have competed all the way to 162 to finish off the NL East. It's stress inducing for fans of that team, but in the end, it might very well benefit them. But the Yankees and Dodgers and the Astros have just been sitting here for a really long time. The Yankees have Aaron Judge's chase at history to bank on at least, but the Dodgers and Astros have had this locked up forever. And somebody's going to come into their house and be absolutely hungry to knock them off. And we'll see who that is. I'll tell you, if that ends up happening with the Yankees, I fully expect that podcast to be full of tears with you. So let's uh, let's hope that doesn't happen because I don't want to see you cry live on live on air. I usually I I could be overestimating myself. I usually can get myself together. I usually don't actively sob on on you know live internet. But uh, you never know. You guys, folks, you heard it here first. Oh, I mean, we're going to be, I mean, what, the pod will start at 3.30. We're going to be in here at 3.25. I'm going to be a wreck until we hit that button and go live, at which point, you know, I'll be a gracious host. I'll put the necktie on. I'll, I'll put on the hat. I'll dance for you. But, uh, yeah, in the little pre-show, there will, there will definitely be some tears shed. Yeah, that's uh, a tie, a hat, dance. If you, if you had a cane, you'd be like Mr. Peanut. Um, mm-hmm. I could be saying that today, but, yeah, it's uh, – I, I actually know. thought you'd be saying I thought you'd be saying that today. Maybe I wasn't saying. I but Mr. Peanut? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, I was kidding. Uh, okay, but, I, yeah. I was actually thinking you were serious. I would have been like, whoa, of all the things to guess. But hey. No, no. No, I wish. Uh, um, but I will. I'll make sure to dress with Mr. Peanut for Halloween. I'll give you the heads up before I do it. What a guy. Um, <laughs> Should we uh, let's do a quick uh let's do a quick uh commenter question here. Uh off season question about the Red Sox. I wonder how you're feeling here. Um, do you have a feel on what they're going to do, what they want to do this offseason? There's a lot of money coming off the books there. Uh, they've got Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers to extend. I think Red Sox fans probably thought we'd be having the playoff conversation about them around this time of year. But instead, we've got the offseason plan question. So do you have any pulse on what they're looking at? You know, I believe it was Kike Hernandez who said that when he ended up signing his midseason extension, that Heim Bloom said that they were going to spend in the offseason. So I do believe they will be spenders once again. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to be after the big names like an Aaron Judge or Trey Turner or anything like that. So I would temper your expectations there, Jason. Um, but we've also seen players there indicate that they want to return. Uh, Rich Hill is one. I mean, that's not the most exciting option, but he's a left-hander. He's dependable when he's healthy. Uh, and Nathan Uvalde as well. So if you bring at least one of those guys back, you have a rotation spot settled up. Um, but I, I do think they're going to end up spending a fair amount this offseason. Just as I said before, don't don't get your hopes up for anything too, too big. Yeah. I think there's a really ambitious – I don't want to – throw any names out there but somebody with the athletic published an extremely ambitious red sox offseason plan that was like boston could bounce back if they extend devers extend bogarts sign edwin diaz you know trade for corbin burns and it was like two more ace level pitchers and it's like yeah i do think they could easily compete if they did that but maybe we pick two or three of those moves instead of saying right. they should do eight is uh is like a i have like payroll not a thing in that scenario i mean that would end up being like 
unbelievable how much that would cost. And also in prospects as well. At, uh, I'm starting to think that's probably not going to happen. But yeah. yeah so. But they'll be better. They will be. They'll yeah. be better. They're always better. Yep. Uh, they. You can't keep the Red Sox down for long. Um, they'll always be in a position to contend because that market just does not allow a team to be bad. Um, I just can't. Yeah, not going to happen. Before we sign off, let's do a quick first episode of the trust tree. Just a little trust tree, a quick snap judgment. The playoffs are on the horizon. We've talked about people resting. We've talked about rusty folks. There are some question marks for some of the top teams. Uh, So just a knee-jerk reaction entering the postseason with a week of meaningless baseball to go. Do you trust the following things? Do you trust the Dodgers bullpen and or Craig Kimbrell, who I'm not even sure is a part of the Dodgers playoff bullpen right now? Do you trust him? No, I do not trust him one bit, especially Kimbrell. That, uh, it's crazy how much he's fallen. Um, and they need somebody or some buddies to step up. Uh, it's not just one. They need a lot of different guys to step up. So I'm, I'm not a believer. They've got like a bunch of people who intrigue me as playoff wild cards, Alex Vesia, Evan Phillips, you know, I'm I'm on board and yet without a closer and with such a question mark in the closer spot and Blake Trinan maybe not coming back. It seems like he probably isn't going to be what they envisioned he would be. They might not even have Dustin May who's on the IL right now. It's yeah, really hard to trust the doctor. I'm glad you mentioned May because I wonder, because like he's hurt now, obviously. I don't know if we'll have enough built up to return to the rotation. So maybe if he does return, he pitches out of the bullpen. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's not an ideal scenario for them with right now their bullpen situation. They need somebody to step up, but maybe their offense gives them enough uh, of a cushion where they can have a leaky bullpen. But it's a dangerous game to play, man. Very dangerous game. Whether it happens or not, if it happens, it's going to be a little lucky, which means, sorry, you have to fall down the trust tree. It's not my rules. What about the Yankees starting rotation beyond Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez? And, okay, honestly, maybe Garrett Cole also, who gave up three runs to blow a 3 nothing lead yesterday, four runs against the Red Sox, four runs to start before. How trusting are you of the Yankees rotation right now? Beyond those guys that you mentioned, I'm nervous about it. I'm more confident in them than I am the Dodgers bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they need Frankie Matas to step up and be that guy. And yeah. his health situation puts that into question, obviously. it's a, I, If you would have told me I would have questions about their rotation after the trade deadline, I would have probably been – like, okay, yeah, I mean, them not getting Pablo Lopez, like, I can see that. But I didn't expect it to be Frankie Montas. Um, so I'd probably give their trust in that, in their rotation, probably like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Better, again, better than the Dodgers, sort of in the range of being trusted. It's not, you know, we're not counting them out. But, yeah, the names, it's like we talked about with the Dodgers. Tyler Anderson, how much do you believe in him? Like, Jamison Tyone, I think a, a – Somebody you can confidently slot into a playoff rotation, but how confident are you in that team after you slot them into the playoff rotation? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. And I'll tell you, like, obviously, when you go into the postseason, each team is going to have questions surrounding them. 
But the Yankees with their rotation, the Dodgers with their bullpen, like those are the two top teams, in my opinion. Um, can throw the Astros in there too for best teams. But if we're if we're looking at just the Dodgers and the Yankees, they're great teams. But man, they're flawed. They got flaws. So I'm very curious to see how like they move around those. Um, I think that'll be fascinating to me. I know you love the Mets rotation in a short series, especially, and they're like the Brewers argument turned up to a 10 or 11, but the guys beyond Scherzer and DeGrom, like the Bassett Walker collection of additional arms. You trust in those guys? Of all the things we've mentioned before this, I trust the Mets rotation the most. Obviously, as you said, DeGrom and Scherzer, phenomenal. You have Chris Bassett, huge fan, have been a fan of his since his Oakland days. Um, I trust him. You have Taiwan Walker, and then you have Carlos Carrasco. I mean, one through five, that's damn good. That's extremely good. And I'm I'm curious to see exactly how Buck Showalter aligns those guys and, like, how many of them are actually going to be, like, starting games. But, like, from a depth perspective, I think they're – they're in as good of a position as any team. And I think if they're – boy, I, I almost forgot about the Braves for a second. The, the, the National League, like, I mean, the Dodgers are obviously, like, they're running away with the number one seed. Mets terrify me because um, of that rotation. And I also think their offense can do some good things too. Braves are really scary too. Um, they were doing it last year. They obviously won it last year. And I think this team is better than it was last year. Um and you got the Cardinals. Um, I'll tell you, that's damn, that's going to be fun. But the Mets with their rotation, they can beat anybody. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that. So there we go. The AL versus NL, it's like they basically have their own trust tree. I trust every team in the National League to at least put up a fight. Like it feels like that's just going to be, you know, Colossuses battling it out for the right to represent that league. The American League, I just don't know. Like, you can't ignore the fact the Yankees have been an under 500 team since the break. You can't ignore the fact that the Astros have largely coasted in the second half. Carlos Correa is not there anymore. The fabric of that team has changed a little bit. They should be the favorites, but still the young guardians we love, but again, you can't even say you can't even get to guardians without saying young, the Jays and Rays are both disappointed this year to a certain extent. And the Mariners are, if there were a team on the Mariners' heels, they'd be falling out of the playoff race right now. They'd be the Phillies. So I trust the National League as a whole a lot more than the American League. I don't know if you still feel the same way. I You couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly how I feel. And to me, it's going to end up coming down. Like You have all these teams in the, in the National League. The American League is going to come down to the Yankees and the Astros, in my opinion. I don't. I just don't have faith in these other teams to like being able to beat them or in a five- or a seven-game series. I just don't. But – Man, it, uh, I'll tell you, any of those four teams in the National League um, and then facing either the Yankees or the Astros, it's going to make for some great television. So let's, uh, as I said before, and I'll say it again, let's get weird. Let's get weird. And I do feel like the audience of the Baseball Insider should know that I also hope it is the Yankees or Astros against the best of the National League. Hope it doesn't go seven games, though, because Game 7 of the World Series is my wedding. Oh, no. If Adam Weiner misses Game 7 of the World Series, he is going to be kicked off of this podcast forever. Yeah. Um, and so. I think it's important everybody knows that because that is what's at stake here. 
Yep. And so you would have a decision to make, Adam. Attend the wedding mm-hmm. or your, attend your wedding. My wedding. Yeah, not a wedding. Or, or watch Game 7 of the World Series. What are you doing? I'm a pretty integral part of my own wedding. So I do feel like I have to be there. But the ceremony's early. We'll be well past cocktail hour. We'll, we'll be sort of in the meet and greet phase where I'm just walking around shaking hands, kissing babies, uh, dancing with nieces. So I do feel like I'd be able to catch a, a peek at the game. Um, I do have a Mets fan relative who has already said not attending. And I think that's important to note, too. That's a level of confidence in your team that, you know, that, that's unmatched. That's I respect it. He seems like the kind of guy who would get a tattoo just saying congrats to the Mets and I'm winning the World Series. He'd like he'd get it right now. That seems like something he'd do. With yeah, two O blank blank, so that you can just fill in the year whenever they actually get it done. Tough. Yeah, that's I mean props to him for already committing though. That uh that takes a set of stones. Um I don't yeah, know how your like- I don't know about I don't know how your fiance feels about it, but I, I tip my cap. Respect. Yeah, we're a Philly crowd. We got a bunch of Philadelphians in attendance. So Yankees, Phillies, uh, if the Phillies do rise from the ashes and make it to the postseason, and uh, we we did a partial buyout of a Philly sports bar on that Friday night, uh, which would also be game six. So potential disaster looming uh, in in more ways than one. Do me a favor and tell your Philly Philly friends, uh, fly Eagles fly, go birds, baby. I'll let him know. This is a Go Birds pod. It's also a New York Giants pod. It's also the Baseball Insiders. And that's it for this episode. You can catch us Mondays and Thursdays live at 3.30 Eastern on YouTube streaming. But most importantly, you can catch us way after the fact. It's also published all the podcast platforms that you know and love. Please subscribe on YouTube. Please subscribe, rate, and review here and abroad. iTunes, we love those reviews. Spotify, drop us those five stars. If you're going to drop us under five stars, I mean, I'll have to read your feedback and grumble, but just give us the five stars. It helps everybody. It helps us become more visible. Uh, Robert Murray, thanks so much for joining me again to talk baseball, the game that we love. And we are inching ever closer to the playoffs. We keep previewing it. I can't wait until they're actually here, man. We get to talk about it for real. Yeah, you and me both, man. Always a pleasure. Episode two already. Unbelievable how much that's fallen by. Gotta love it, man. Monday's going to be here before we know it. Monday's going to be here. we got plenty to talk about then. Obviously, things will change over the weekend. Oof. Segments galore. Insider news. Aggregate this, please. Uh, wait, but don't aggregate that my wedding is Game 7. I don't want anybody to find out about that. I'll, I'll be exposed. Yeah, Passon is going to write that up right now and expose you. Jeff, please don't write that. If you do, just Venmo me that $1. I see you Venmoing Yankee fans dollars on Twitter. Uh, I'll take a dollar. Until next time, and until that dollar is in my pocket, I'm Adam Weiner. Robert is Robert Murray, and we are the Baseball Insiders. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.